0: an inside look at the restaurant industry, and entrepreneurial insight to help you succeed. It's the Paper Trails Podcast with Alma Morrow Paper Supply. All right, welcome back, guys, to the Paper Trails Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Calagher-Mitros, and uh, we are here with episode 16 with the per-
1: Perino family, Perino <laughs>
0: Perino family um, with uh, DiPaolo Foods, and so I'm super pumped to have these guys on. Very excited! It's the first kind of family one that we have. Um, you know, we have Rico, um, the 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 father, the dad, the original that started the company. Now we've got Joseph and Philip that that came on. On board, and uh, we will hear all about their background. But if you get, this is the first time you guys are kind of plugging in and you know checking us out, whether it's on Spotify, um, Apple Podcast, um, or watching us on YouTube, um, or any of our social media platforms, you know this podcast is all about entrepreneurship, business ownership, uh, the food industry. Um, you know we're in, based in kind of Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina, um, but you know you can always learn you know from from everybody's experiences and backgrounds and stories. And this is what I love to do. I love to find out people's stories and backgrounds and um, I'm super pumped for today's episode, and so um, why don't we do this? Because uh, this is actually the first time a lot of us have met, um, and I'd love to find out more about how we started, you know, um, Tepalo Foods, and so I know Rico, you know, you're the one that, that has the history here, and um, you know, so tell us a little bit about how did everything get started? How, how did you start in the industry? You know, what, um, you know what's the original story?
2: Well, I uh, basically started back in 1982. I uh, started out of college, uh, uh, hated the retail business because I, I, I watched my parents work from 6 in the morning till 6 at night, said it's the last thing I wanted to do. So went off to college, came back, and my brother started getting into the wholesale business. Okay. And they convinced me to come on, and uh, we started selling, you know, peddling up and down the streets in New York, store by store, and uh, the item just took off. And uh, our distribution expanded, and then we started reaching out to outside markets in Boston, and Philadelphia, Baltimore, Washington, and then ran out of space, and decided to move the company to Charlotte, North Carolina. What, now what was that? What was that first original product? Uh, it was the same product we currently make: okay. calzones, Stromboli's, and items that are filled with meats and cheeses, savory items. Okay. Of course, back then there was very little out of the deli area of the grocery store. There were cheeses and cold cuts, but the prepared foods were slim to none. Okay. And we started in that area of, of the store. Uh, as uh, As time went on, we built a facility in Charlotte, uh, expanded on to the pizza business, um, built built a good-sized company, and sold that business in uh, 2002. Nice. And then... Now, now how, how was that? Was that bittersweet did you like
0: selling? How, how did that pan out
2: I was still young at the time it was bittersweet for one thing but uh, it was uh, I wasn't fully done yet uh, uh, so uh, basically I worked for the company for eight years okay. ran it completely separate and uh, decided to leave uh, uh, eight years later and form another company so uh, DePaulo foods uh, back then it was De Palo bakery I was uh, started in 2001 as a mom and pop sweet goods company. Uh, And back in 2011, we started converting the business over Uh, sweet goods was a tough business for us. Um, I really didn't grow up in that type of business and there was a lot of competition out on the street and just felt that there was uh, better things out there. So
0: sure. Now in New York, uh, when, you, when you talk about, you know, the products that you had, you manufactured them or you just were distributing? No, we
2: manufactured. Okay, yeah. so you you did what you're doing now, yeah. just up in New York. Just up in New York. And then uh, we got, you know, just started growing the business uh, just little by little. We got a big opportunity. Boy's Provision Company started handling the item in 1983, and it just mushroomed. It went all over at that time. Uh, and uh, the product got into a lot of small stores, and it just became a success overnight, so, and and that's up in New York. Yes. Now,
0: did you sell that, or did you, how did you? So just... we
2: moved the whole company and thirty-two families to Charlotte back in nineteen ninety-four. And, and you're still running the. Uh, we ended up shutting everything down up there and moving it all to Charlotte. Okay, yeah. but do you still distribute up to? We do. We go all the way. Back then and now, we go all the way up to New. Well, to New Hampshire, really, all, nice. and all the way down, as far as uh, some stores in Florida, and as far west as uh, Pacific Northwest. Actually, and, Hawaii as well. Yeah, no we kidding. Got product in Hawaii. Now, is that is
0: that something that you guys find distributors that do that, or you guys do that?
2: Well, most of it is chain dr- dr- driven. They have stores out on the West Coast. They have stores in Hawaii. Gotcha. You gotcha. know, so it's chain driven. We we deliver right to to the warehouse. Which stores are self-distributed? So when they self-distribute, it, it goes wherever they uh, go.
0: Gotcha. So essentially, you make the product, you have the relationships with the stores, and then it gets delivered, and then they handle it from there. Yeah.
2: So we had the we had the relationship with the headquarters. Gotcha. So the headquarters has say, three hundred stores, and those three hundred stores are scattered along the West Coast. Gotcha. So I'm in Hawaii and things like that. It's very common. And you know, uh. In uh, well, the retail side of the business.
0: Okay. And you said your brother was the one that introduced you to the industry? I,
2: actually, we grew up in the food business, retail stores. We had three retail stores at the time. And then when we started this, we shut the store down, worked out of the store, and then shared a piece of real estate with someone that was USDA inspected because we were, we, we were actually dealing with meats. So we rented his space okay. until we could buy our own building. And board her own building, okay. and I didn't even know that part <laughs> nice, nice so your
0: your family has been
2: in the food business forever, like even your parents, yeah, even my parents yeah that's all so oh. there's,
0: there's a long long lineage here mm-hmm. of uh you know, food. yeah, I mean, and it, here's the other thing that you know i you know i I always say is that you know there's a lot of things that you can buy, but experience is't one of them, yeah right, mm-hmm. and that's Very just true. something that like when you. When you've just done something for, like, you already know the bumps. You already know what to look for. You already know the, the 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 dough, the, you know, I don't know your world like that. But, you know, you already know some things that, okay, you know what, this is what a good product is going to do. This is what one's not going to do. I mean, even the little tour that we took, you know, a, a while ago, six, nine months ago, I was blown away at the machinery. <laughs> I mean, it is... It's intense. Yeah. Like it is a lot of stuff that you guys have in your. I mean, it just, uh, you know. And I'm, I'm just, I'm imagining astronomical pricing. And so, is it Rico? Is it pretty difficult to get into the like manufacturing the
2: stuff? It, it's and when you say is it is it difficult? It's a it's a, uh, you have to have assets, right? So you got to have assets, and you got to put them in place before you start. So you can't start with all that equipment. That equipment didn't come in one day. Gotcha. So that equipment came little by little. We get to a certain point and we add equipment. Get to a certain point, take care of another bottleneck. Get to a certain point, take care of another, and gradually you build it. It's like your business as well. You have so many trucks. As you expand, you need more trucks. Hundred percent. Go out and get another truck. You need a driver. You need more people in the office to service the accounts, and you—that's the, you, you have a service business, but you also have hard assets that you have to have to service
0: that business. Yeah, 100%. We started in a little 5,000-square-foot warehouse, and my dad, we used to put all his. you know, my my family is in restaurants. We've had as many as seven. We have three now that we own and operate, and a fourth one we have some partners that run in. Um, But, yeah, he just had a little 5,000-square-foot warehouse where he just had equipment and tables and hoods and fryers, and uh, we just put the stuff to the side and you know, no office. No, we went to office Depot to get a laptop and a QuickBooks wholesale edition. Cause we don't know. I assumed I was a wholesaler. I, I didn't even know. I was 22. My cousin was 18. I mean, when I tell you, we didn't know anything, we didn't know anything, you Same. know? And so it was just the two of us. We did everything deposits, deliveries, sales. I mean, we did everything. I've done it all. Yeah. I've and done so all. it's a, it's a, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. And so, uh, well, first off, how cool is it to have the, the kids in the business? It's great. Great. I mean, I, I, I just – I think that is the absolute – you know, the gentleman that, that I had here beforehand, he's a, he's a restaurant owner here in town, and um, he was saying his his dad – he's from New Jersey, you know, originally, and his dad owned uh, like a distributorship, you know, for food, and he said on Saturday mornings, you know, he would just hop on the truck – with his dad and you know he hated because he wanted to watch cartoons but he said he'd love to like enjoy it because it was the time that he spent with his dad right like in the business and i'm like you know what that's 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 really awesome so um so cool so how did uh you know joseph philip how had you guys uh you know hop on board
3: so uh, i think i started back in 2016 our family rule is um before we can come work for the family business you have to go out and know work for somebody else or find your own way or you know do something for a set amount of years until you know we think it's the right time for us to join so okay as you remember I was in the restaurant business I do for, I do you know six or seven years you know that's how we first met Yep. And then I think I introduced you to Rico Yep. um what was it maybe 2015
0: 2014 yeah. yeah probably five six years yeah, ago
3: so then I joined the business. You know, I'm head of operations now, do the day-to-day, you know, making sure everyone's doing their jobs, stuff like that. But uh, it's been a blast. We get to travel the world together to go see new machinery and, um, you know, visit customers, go to shows. And to be able to do that with your family is, like, probably the best blessing you could probably ask for.
0: 100%. You know, First cool. off, the yeah. rule, I love that.
3: Yeah, Unwritten rule. Unwritten Who's- rule.
0: Whose idea? I mean, is this anybody's like idea? It just
1: happened. And, and it's, that's why it's an unwritten rule. Is it, we never set our sights on joining that industry, let alone the family business. Sure. And I don't know if it was his plan or anybody's plan, but it was kind of just happened organically. You know, Philip was doing his own thing. I was doing my own thing. And then just, at certain times, the business needed certain people. Yeah. And those certain people happened to be in our family.
0: What did you do, Joseph, before working for Dybala?
1: So I actually went to Appalachian State. Okay. I graduated uh, as a hospitality and tourism management degree major.
0: Okay. And,
1: um, you know, I was looking for jobs all around Charlotte. Ended up finding one at the Lay Meridian and Sheridan Hotel. Okay. Yeah. And um, I was an assistant manager to some of the uh, restaurants there. You know, I was working at Evoke Steakhouse. I was working in Social Bar and Kitchen. And um, I kind of just wanted to learn as much as I, I could, you know, from the management team there. And uh, spent about, you know, like, a year and a half there and kind of noticed that food and beverage just wasn't my thing. The hours, you know, it was either early morning hours or late afternoon hours with off days, like, random days during the week. So, you know, as as <laughs> – Me as a type of person, I'm a very social person Uh and I just need that time and interaction with people because I'd just be sitting at home, like waiting to go to work. Yeah. But, um, after that, you know, I applied for a few jobs in sales around Charlotte area at some of the hotels and, you know, they kind of just were falling through left and right. And my cousin, who's our VP, he had, we were talking one night and just discussing, and he was like, well, what if, you, you want to do sales, right? And I'm like, yeah, I, I do want to do sales. And he asked me if I would come along with the business. And I mean, it didn't take me long enough to think that out. I was just like, you know what? This is a great opportunity at a great time. Let's just hit the floor running.
0: Did you even think about like working for the family business or not really no, before?
1: No, I, I was set to find a sales job at a hotel in Charlotte. I was just set on that. So and they
2: had bad experiences when they were young. <laughs> they worked too hard there and they never wanted to come back
0: (laughs) that's hey listen you know i mean and there is something to that you know i i still help out my dad at his restaurant on the weekends um you know tomorrow evening i'm working uh sunday lunch i'm working i mean i i still help out and you know my dad it's you know he is a, a a classic type a greek just choleric you know driven person and man, it is, it is difficult sometimes to work with people like that. And so I, I tell them, I'm like, Dad, like, I'm like, you're lucky that I'm your son because if if I wasn't related to you, like, you know, I'm not sure if I could do this full time, you know yeah. what I mean? So uh, I, 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 you know, I definitely feel that. So um, now what what years was this when you first hopped on board or you were looking for work?
1: So I first hopped on uh, March of 2017. Um, okay. So I've been... With us for a little over three years now, almost three and a half years, and um, you know, with me, it, it's funny because you have both sides of the table, Philip and I. Well, we share both two sides of Enrico's brain. Philip more of the manufacturing side and knowing, you know, like all the machines and understanding how many people we need on the line and packaging and in the baking and in uh, production. For me, it's more of how can I look at sales. I still need to know the machines because I need to know what we have the ability to make. Sure. But at the end of the day, I'm traveling a little bit more. I'm learning um, the accounting side and, and more of the books and trying to understand putting it together like a sales budget and things like that. So that's w- what most of the first couple of years were about. And um, it was a great opportunity because I, I learned so much from somebody I've always learned from.
0: 100%. So uh, tell us the last, the last three years, you know, what's the experience, what have you learned, you know, what, you know, what's, what's your side that I'll ask Philip, you know, from, you know, operation side, what's some stuff that you've learned, you know, from somebody that wanted to be in sales, what, what does it take to, to, to drive a company's business forward? You know, answer that.
1: Yeah, well, I'm definitely glad I took accounting like five times in college. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I learned so much like from our business, especially, but I've, I've learned a lot about what it takes to look at the books, you know, what what kind of promotion uh, programs I need to put together for different um, customers because everybody's in a different area. It takes different freight for us to ship our product to some place. It's uh, so different companies decide to do different promotional programs cuz that's what they've done or that's what they do. <clears throat> so um when it comes to working with a customer direct like Enrico was talking about a little ago, we work with some of our customers direct. That means we're going to ship everything into a DC and then they're going to push everything out to their local DCs stores, yeah. all around those um gotcha. those those areas. So once the yeah. distribution centers have them, then they ship out to the stores. So gotcha. it's kind of like their own web, but you got to think that there are some companies that use distributors. So the distributor purchases the product and then they'll deliver it to those stores because gotcha. they're a little bit smaller of a supermarket chain or a company like that. So um, learning all the different areas and learning because before this, I probably knew all the supermarkets around North Carolina, sure, but nothing but around West Coast. Like you go to the West Coast. You won't have a Publix or a Harris Teeter or a Food Lion anywhere in sight. It's all different names. What is out there? I mean, you have Safeway, you have Sprouts, you have Albertsons. There's so many different, not to mention all the mom and pops. So like if you go up to Chicago or New York, you have all these mom and pop supermarkets still that order from a distributor. And they're not big, but they've just been around for so long that people have just gotten used to you know, going there every single week and buying their produce or, you know, their meat. So there's a lot when it comes into traveling, because when we travel, it's a lot of get there, you know, day before, go see a bunch of stores, look at the retails in the stores, because everywhere you go, things differ. It's not the same all across the
0: United States. Now, when you guys say you travel, you're traveling to uh, a headquarters, the, to these you know big chain distributors or you mm-hmm. know grocery chains to present your product, you know to see if they want to sell it, right? Right. Of course. And th- and what's the it, you know I mean when it comes to that you know at least it, here's like the sales side of me like what is what is you know is it the quality of the product is it price point is it everything is it packaging what what sells?
2: It's being prepared. So what sells is you have to be prepared for the sales call, right? So I come and see you. You're the customer. Yeah. Before I can sell you anything, I got to know what you're doing. Yeah. So I go and visit, and then we start talking about what you're doing. And then after I we figure out what you're doing, it becomes more of a casual sales call. Gotcha. And then you start developing, okay, you know, here are some of the items, and these are the places where I think they fit your stores. Perfect. What do you think? So, that,
0: so, so for for anybody out there that is in sales, you know, um, makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, prepare, prepare, prepare. You got to you got to know what you're talking about, I right? That's like the Boy
2: Scout motto. Yeah, be prepared.
0: Nice. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay. Uh, Philip on your end, give us, give us your thoughts. You know, you've been there for what, four years, you said, 2016? Yes, 2016, Twenty sixteen. What, what are, what are some things that, well, first off, are you guys, are you more of, you know, outgoing social person and you're more like Mr. Fix it, like operate? How, how did you guys even develop these roles or are you just, st- you just like, I think you know? we
3: kind of just fell into them. I mean, obviously when you own a business, there is no titles. We don't have titles in that our is company. True. That is true. as far as the family goes. It's, you know, what needs to be done gets done. And, you know, a lot of the times, you know, my, my job is to just keep the operation moving, whether it's scheduling people or, you know, dealing with an HR problem or having a machine down, you know, I'm, they call me Mr. Fix-It, but.
0: (laughs) Well, listen, I mean, in, in, in our, in our situation, my cousin, my cousin, John is like the Mr. Fix-It IT IT guy. Like I. I mean, God bless me. You know, somebody says put up a frame, and I'm like, all right, hold on. What's uh, you know, like I'm 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 kind of looking at like this needs to go in wood, right? Like it, you know, I'm I'm literally so you know, but it, it's good. Same with my 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 parents. Uh, my dad and his two brothers own the restaurants together. Uh-huh. My 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 other two uncles, specifically my cousin John's dad, my uncle Jimmy, he's the fix-it guy. Uh-huh. I mean, he can look at a deep fryer and an AC unit a little bit and some frit I mean, he, he can, he knows a little bit more about that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, he was a mechanic and you know, he did body work, you know, back, back in Greece. And so, um, so yeah, give us, give us your thoughts on operations, four years. What have you learned? You know, how's, how's things panned out? You know, what uh, you know, what are some things to, that we, we can take away from that?
3: Yeah. I mean um, it's been a lot of fun. That's for sure. We, we enjoy each other's company when we're at work because you know, we work all day. Some days we go home, and then we see each other again. So that's that's something to enjoy. You know, a lot of people can't handle that. So it takes you know talent to work with family, hundred percent, and go home and see them again sometimes, and uh, actually have
0: a relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
3: As as far as operations like goes, that. you know, it's how seeing everything grow and, and reinvesting in new equipment. Um, you know, it takes a definitely strong mind to say to yourself that okay you know you know this year was a good year we got to go back and now we got to reinvest all that money into new equipment and you know expand the business and you know it can at times it's like frightening you know are you gonna t- spend all that money to do something and you don't know what the outcome is the food business is very capital capital intensive yep and um it's it's a fun business though at the same time
0: yeah, I mean, I know the. I always um, explain to people my industry, you know, as a distributor versus my dad's is, you know, for us, it's low capital intensive. I mean, you know, I could rent a little warehouse and buy a truck or, you know, a van or something and just buy some products and we, you can get something going with small, 5, 10,000, 20,000. I mean, very small versus my dad's restaurant, you know, could be, you know, it's my dad's restaurants are 300 seat, you know, very large million dollars for the property you're building equipment i mean you're you're putting in a ton of money um but as soon as you open the doors you got cash flow in the restaurant Mm -hmm. cash is coming in immediately versus with us you know it's i mean it it took four or five years i mean i remember my first four years um you know we would maybe make 500 bucks a month and we'd only pay ourselves maybe seven or eight times a year i mean we just everything was going back into the business because I wanted to get that paper towel for 10 cents cheaper. Well, I had to buy an extra two pallets to do that. I needed the cash that I sold from the previous, I mean, it just was a big, I mean, it just, you know, but then at a certain point, 60, 100, 150 customers, you got enough cash, you can actually make it happen, you know? And so, um, I definitely see, you know, your side of, you know, um, I, I wonder how it is with, you know, the, the operations and sales. I'm sure, You, I mean, I I know how I am and I want to sell everything to everybody. Um, And I wonder how you guys balance that with, well, how much can we produce? You know, how much can we run? I mean, I don't know. Is that something that these conversations you guys have, how does that work in manufacturing? Like, is that something that we're...
3: Yeah, I mean, definitely. We know, you know, our output, what the plant can hold. And then, of course, Joe and me are in the loop all the time on, you know, hey, I could do this. So just go sell. He doesn't really have to worry about, you know, your end thinking that, Oh, I don't know if I can do this. It's one of those things you say, go sell, we'll figure it out. Mm. You know, it's always, you never say no to a customer. That is true. right. Yeah, <laughs> and it's keeping the hopper full. Like we're going to probably use a lot of
1: words or phrases that Enrico's kind of just ingrained in our mind over these past few years that uh-huh. we've been with the business because keeping the hopper full, if you always have sales coming in, you can really just not have to worry about that other side. You know, it it just, if you keep it full, you keep it going. Um, you don't have to tell people, no, sorry, we're full right now. There's going to be people that drop out and, you know, you're going to have to find somebody to pick up those sales. Well, do you want to have somebody in line right behind or do you want to like wait and then... You know, you always, you don't want to wait. You just always want to keep going and keep those
0: sales coming in. 100%. I, uh, I have a mentor that helps me, you know, that used to own a paper company that sold it. And he always, he always tells me, expect about 15% loss every year to just whatever. I mean, I don't know. The lease is up and the landlord goes up 30% on the, okay, I, well, I'm, I'm moving. Mm-hmm. You know, And he moves out of your territory or he just closes right. or you know, uh, COVID or whatever, you, you name it. Like you, you have to have the, the hopper, the pipeline full. Um, I mean like that's kind of what I preach to my, my sales team, you know, it's like how many new prices have we gotten this week? You know, who, who's coming on board? Who can we expect an order from this week, next week, the next month, you know, what's, you know, so I definitely, I just didn't understand how um, I I didn't know on y'all's, I know for us, you know, we, you know, my, my cousin John, you know, knows and, you know, I'll give him a heads up. Hey, I'm working on a chain of three pizza shops. Make sure we've got an extra cushion of 10, 15% pizza boxes just in case things things pop. But I just don't know when you make it, if, if it's different or how it's different.
1: Inventory is way different when you have a frozen item. And I can I can assure that. I mean, Enrico could probably go a little bit more into this. But, um, you know, when, when you're selling a frozen item and it's got a it's got a clock ticking right after you make it. So it's how are you gonna get through that? You know, what, what you're looking at your inventories, you always have to be looking at your inventories, making sure because honestly, they're probably going to be buying, you know, two thousand plus pounds of product. And, you know, how are we going to, you know, move that out, bring the next in? So we have somebody that works closely with Philip. When Philip makes the schedule, she runs, um, basically, you know, orders the ingredients and basically makes the whole schedule for the week.
0: And ladies and gentlemen, this is why I went into paper because of <laughs> because of that clock. You just that's, that's swear to God, yep. I promise you, I was like, I'm like, we could go into produce or something. I'm like, but you know what, man, that is so, so difficult. I mean, napkins are not going to go bad. Like, you know, so <laughs> exactly. that's exactly. But uh, anyway, Rico, what are your thoughts on this? You know, having, having the boys coming in. I mean, obviously you have tremendous 82. I wasn't even born yet. Yeah. I was born in 86. <laughs> I mean, so. You know uh you've 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 you know you can run circles around us I mean um, you know is it pretty cool seeing the boys kind of come in and you know because I, I I would have to think you know two to three years in you're just now sinking your teeth into knowing what's happening because I know for us our first two three years I mean we I mean we didn't know anything like nothing and so it took a 24 36 months to really okay I, I see what's going on here mm-hmm. I, I'm really grasping and so um, I'm assuming that's kind of you know where where they're at. Where it's like now now we can make some stress. So I can assume. That I guess depending on your goals, the next five years, you know, if you want to grow that much, you're you could really you could really make a benchmark and make a mark. And so, um, what are your thoughts on seeing?
2: You mentioned something before that stuck in my mind. Okay, you said mentor. Uh, I guess this uh, actually gentleman that was in the paper business. Yes. So I've always put. Mentors around me. It's awesome. Even as a young kid, because I came in the business, I was 22, 23 years old. Yep. And uh, I had a lot of people that helped me out and guided me. Yep. You know, just like you know, you know, I was in the New York market. It's a little bit different there than it is in Charlotte, North Carolina. I, I, I can assume there was a lot of uh, sharks in uh, the sea. So uh, I had a lot of mentors around me that helped me out and really showed me the way. And I really learned a lot from them. So Now, was that? You can never have enough, is what I'm saying. 100%. You can can listen to everybody and then make your own decisions.
0: I like that. I like that because the reality is, you know, not everybody's going to want to see you succeed. Exactly. And the bigger you get, I mean, the more they want
2: you to fail, right? I mean, they're they're looking to. It's not that they want you to fail. Some people get it envious and you know sure sure nobody i don't think anybody wants somebody to fail it becomes you know uh you just you just protect your turf up there that's okay. just the way it is everybody protects their turf and it's changed it's changed but when i was growing up it was uh it was uh you know it was very very uh different so
0: now how now how so i mean i guess if somebody's listening to this and they want to start a business or get into you know Honestly, anything, you know, I mean, I, I know I always highly suggest find somebody that's been there and done that, that has fruit on the tree, which is very important, mm-hmm. because anybody can tell you anything. Yeah. I mean, uh, there is no lack of advice out there. People will tell you their opinion about everything. Now, is it valid? Do they, are they proven? That's a whole other thing, right? I mean, if I were to get into, you know, savory manufacturing there's no better people than you guys. I mean, you—you you, you, it's proven. You've proven it. You've built it. You've sold it. You've built it. I mean, it—that it, is time. Ty- I mean that—that that is so. Uh, there's so much credence or so much credibility to that, you know. And so, um, so your thought, you know, if if somebody's listening to this that's in college or fresh out of school or maybe in their mid twenties, maybe they're frustrated and they have really nobody. You suggest they find somebody to mentor
2: them. Yes. And they, that they remember, slow and easy wins the race. So they got to go at it slow. They got to go at it methodically because you're not going to manufacture a lot of stuff quickly. Yeah. The best thing to do, I think, for someone starting off is to also, first of all, that mentor is important, number one. Number two is to maybe have somebody make it for them. Yeah. Where they make a small commitment in dollars, you know, and they get started and they go pedal, you know, on the food service side on the retail side wherever the wherever that product fits and they do it and then when you get to a certain level you could either stay with the co-packer or you can go out and build your own facility or rent space from that person and uh, actually manufacture your own product but when you start getting with brick and mortar and the equipment and everything out of the gate it takes a lot of money yep someone's someone's got to come up with the uh,
0: the cash hundred percent and so and and that's yeah I mean that's you know the best way to learn start small you know I I a thousand percent agree with that yeah. you know start with start with somebody co-packing yes you're making less money yes okay of course you're all but you can focus on the sales I mean that's what we whenever we started we You know, hired a CPA, a bookkeeper. Uh, Yes, like it costs us money to do all that, but then we can focus on the relationships. We can focus on going out there and, and, you know, taking care of, you know, picking up the clients and taking care of people. So um, I love
2: what you were supposed to do. That drives the business. Yeah. What drives the business is what you're supposed to be doing. That's it. And anybody else can take care of the other stuff. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Right, so now, I mean, right. Yeah. Right if if, if you got money coming in, if sales you got...
2: drives the business. Sales drives everything. It's you won't have a business if you don't have sales. And being and getting the most out of your sales is the best. And being out there with your, you know, with people that work for you now is the number one thing. People want to go out. They want to know who they're dealing with. Yeah. They just you know it's great to see a salesperson, but when you go out with that salesperson, it means a lot to, to that customer.
0: I like that. Uh, Rico, tell us a little bit about, um, putting the right team together. It sounds like you guys have definitely, you know, it sounds like you got, you got a cousin involved too in the biz. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Man, you really got a family business here, yeah. right? I, I love that. A lot of perrinos
2: now. Uh, we, we have about 65 employees, almost close to 70 employees now. That's awesome. So, uh, we try to, uh, automate as much as we can without changing the product, um, uh, we go out to the customer. We're um, we're that in between manufacturer. We're not real small, but at the same point, we'll do what the big companies don't want to do. So uh, what they pass on, which which is what like what you know what uh, are the big you going- might get in a category. We we like to be in categories that the big guys are not in. You know, if someone comes to me and is doing an operation at a store level, uh, they got two hundred stores and they're doing something and struggling with it. I've t- developed products for them. that We took it in-house, made it for them, delivered it done, where they can focus on selling the product instead of making the product. How many products do you guys make? We have about 45 SKUs. You know, uh, We got the 80-20 rule. You have the 80-20 rule in your business? Sure, sure. So we have that 80-20 rule as well. So 20% or 80% of the business. So, but you have to do stuff for customers. 100%. You have to have an item. Yeah. Sometimes you only make it for one customer, but you gotta have
0: it. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's you know, you know, you get a big, a big, you know, a big chain that comes in, or you know, that wants to buy from us, but they want to use a yeah. something random, seventeen ounce paper cup. Okay, bring it, John. Find the cup. You know, like we we gotta get this cup in. Find the cup. Make sure it's here tomorrow. That's here. hundred you, percent. You're right. I mean, and you're willing to do that for the right customer, and you know, um, I
2: like. We don't have to go up layers of management decided if I make a commitment with the customer you know a lot of times these sales guys go in they change positions every two uh, years so when a customer asks them for some they got to go back sometimes they never get back to the customer and you know the customer loses hope in that salesperson Mm -hmm. and then another guy comes in so it's it's like a rotating thing where we're we're going out we get back to that customer that means a lot to that customer buy anything from you because you took care of a problem for them
0: it's so interesting you say that you know i um you know there, there's a client that i'm thinking about right here in uptown charlotte that that i take care of and you know there was a new uh purchasing person in 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 place and they would just ask me questions hey uh what do you have uh, that would uh freshen up the bathrooms you know air fresheners okay i would you know, just you know text them right back you know these are the four items that we have whatever and um I mean they they called me like a few months in and they're like, you know, or that or we had maybe a physical meeting and they were like, let me just tell you that not everybody is like you. And I'm like, what do you what do you mean? They're like, it takes days for people to respond sometimes to a simple like and I'm like, like I'm like, yeah, I just I mean I, I I I just know that if I ask a question to one of my brokers or vendors, I need an answer because you guys need an answer. And when they delay. Two, three, four days, and I look like an idiot to this guy. Like he think I'm like I'm like listen, man. Like, they haven't got back to me. Like, I mean, I, I
2: you know I don't, don't best tell thing you. For you to do is just to communicate. No, I'm, and, look, and, I didn't forget you. Yeah, I didn't forget you, but they haven't got back to me yet. I'm on it. So I just want you to know that hundred percent. You know, and the best thing to do. And that's what you know. So I, the reason I say that is because I get
0: back to them asap because I know I want my answers answered back as soon as possible yeah. as well. You know what I mean?
3: It goes around, comes around. And that's
1: the hardest part. For me, as I've come into the business, being on the sales side of things and in the beginning, having to turn to, to Rico and be like, is anybody going to email me back? He's just like, you got to take your time. You got to let things just play out. And it's like, okay, well, you know, like I'm me and I like to get everything and everybody on the same page and I sure. want to get a response. But he's just like, sometimes it's not that how it works that way. And honestly, for you, like in your industry, getting back to people at that, she was like, yes, thank you for getting back to me. And in our industry, you know, there are a lot of older people in the industry. There aren't as many youth in the industry and they've done certain things for a while. And that is something that I've had to learn as a younger person going and talking to more, you know, experienced people that things don't happen as quick as you want them to. Yeah. But it's funny that, you know, that has taught me and that's taught me the most about being patient in this industry is I've, I've always had a problem with patience, but every single day I have to practice it.
0: 100%. I mean, it's even the advice that that you gave earlier, uh, Rico, that um, you you said, you said something about being patient, like it'll, you know, like businesses take time to develop. It's the first thing my dad told me, you know, my dad's uh, 67 and I'm 34, you know, so he's, you know, 30 so twelve years ago, whenever we started the business, and I was—I mean, I'm a very extrovert, excited, outgoing person. It's just my nature, and I was pumped. You know, we got a laptop, like we're setting up shop. I'm like, Dad, like, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, we're gonna be the next U.S. food here. You know, he's like, he's like, relax, relax. He's like, he's like, this is gonna take time. Yeah, pump the brakes. Like, you know, this is gonna, this is gonna be a long road. Like, don't you know? But now it's just interesting. Twelve years later, like he's like, you know, he's just he's like i, I it's think, good to watch for yeah him. it is it is you know and and here's the other part the first four or five years because he's not in the he he didn't see day to day what we were doing he didn't see tangible results yeah i mean and it's i mean you can imagine from a father's perspective he sees his you know his kids and his nephew his son and his nephew four or five years doing this and i mean we're not making money i mean it's like five, and he's He's thinking, just come into the business, just come, you know. I mean, there's plenty of money here. Go to the restaurant, take right. it over, make some money. But I knew what was, I knew the momentum we were building. I felt it. I, I, I'm, I'm in sales. I knew who I was, my pipeline was full, and it's literally our fifth year, our sixth year. It just, it's coming. Bam, it was coming. It was coming, and then it took off, and then, um, you know, as they say, the rest is history. So, yeah. so what? Uh, give us, give us some, some. Um, some vision here. What's the, what's the outlook of uh, the family biz? You know, where, I mean, are you guys looking to get into more SKUs? Are you guys looking to, you know, get bigger? Do you guys like where you're at? What's, what's the,
3: what's the thought process? I mean, I could say something on that. Definitely our mindset behind growing a business is to provide for the people who work for us. Uh, that's definitely our main goal. And also the business always comes first. So, you know, anything that, you know, goes on outside, everything, we all focus on the business, all the money stays in, you know, you do what's best for the company first. 100%. So, you know, going forward in the future, we all want to expand, you know, keep growing. Um, What we have now, and, you know, hire more people, buy more equipment, you know, be able to build something that we can look back on one day and say, wow, look what we did. Look how many people we provided for, we, you know, (laughs) jobs, you know, in the Belmont area. And it's just, you know, it feels good to provide jobs for people.
0: 100%. So. I mean, I I see that even with us. We have 18 employees, and it's like, I mean, I, I feel a type of pressure. Right. I'm like, this has got to work because people are paying their mortgage and their rent. and yeah, like, yeah. I mean, this is people going to school from this little paper thing that we built just to, I mean, just me and, I mean, like I, I feel a certain type of like, okay, like we have to handle our finances, you know, fiscally responsible. We have to be, you know, uh, you know, and and you know, back to taking care of the business. You know, I um, I heard a podcast recently where a successful uh, lady CEO said that uh, besides having a child, the most difficult thing is starting a business because even a child is hard, but it's hard for the first couple of years. A business. It's hard all the time. Like, you're feeding this thing all the time.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like, you have challenges every day. There's right. all different challenges, whether it be, you know, employee challenges, HR, you know, um, all different things. A business Technology. throws a lot of different things at you. And you got to be able to be a multi... You know, you have to be able to multitask. As you know, you multitask every day. And that's part of the business. If you're not a multitasker, then that's why there's people that are come to work. They're yeah. just not... You know what I'm saying they 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 go to work cuz they don't want the responsibility of having the business to, to them it brings a lot of anxiety mate sure them, so. was
0: was the business that you had DePaulo, was a bakery before that you sold Yeah. was oh uh, no
2: it wasn't DePaulo, it was Stefano Foods Stefano was
0: uh, is De bigger than what Stefano was or was Stefano bigger at this point
2: uh, Stefano's was bigger at
0: this At this point, I gotcha. Yeah. Now, where, where do you see DePaulo going,
2: Rico? With, um, uh, what's your vision kind of as, you know? Oh, my uh, vision for next year? Next year, <laughs> next
0: five years, next 10 years? I mean, what, you know, what, what do you see Just happening? Just to
2: expand our customer base, to expand our, we have a, a whole other side of the business on food service. We haven't even scratched yet. But you need more boots on the ground to handle sure. food service. It's a totally different business. It's more, uh, it's more fragmented. It's a totally different business. Convenience store side of the business, as we all know, we visit the gas station. They're big into food now. You can go to that's sheets, go to all these other places. Big opportunities there, but we're not even we haven't even touched the surface there.
0: That's a good point. I mean, twenty years ago, there that that wasn't even a fuel, thing.
2: No, they were fuel stores, cigarettes, candy, uh, tobacco, and candy. That's and, it, and uh, and and uh, beer and soda. Yeah. that's what they sold. Now, food is the number two fuel. No kidding. Oh,
1: food? Yeah. food? Food. Number two.
2: Number two.
0: Is that amazing? Wow. Yeah. I mean, that is amazing. Because what's that? I mean, that's the last 10 years maybe. Yeah. Have I to would be say 10, 15? Last,
2: yeah, about 15 years. I'd say that's when this, the push started, about 15 years ago. So I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's all segments of food service, as you know. Uh, you got B&I. You got, you know, different segments that you know it just but it takes a lot of boots on the ground to do that as far as a manufacturer side sure. to get out there with the distributors with the brokers and get and you know kind of penetrate that market
0: no i get it and and the reason i asked the question is you know a lot of times some businesses are just happy where they're at like they're just cool like you know yeah. what we, we have a good business we like it you know what i mean um but then there's you know, I don't know us immigrants that we just we are just never satisfied. We just want, you know, it's like you know, hey, you know what? This was this was this was a good year, but it wasn't good enough. <laughs> you, you I can't. always
2: say you can't get on your heels. You always have to be on your toes. Hundred percent. That's a good. That's when a good. You get saying. on your heels. You're in trouble. I that's like when you get knocked down. Yeah, because you get comfortable. It's what you they get, teach you in football: never on your heels, always on your toes. You play football? Yeah, I played as a kid. Nice. Yeah, but always on your toes, never on your heels. Because when you're on your heels, you get knocked down. Get pushed.
0: That's a good point. Joe, how about you? What are your thoughts? Maybe vision of the company from your perspective? Sales, you know, three years in, seeing the family, operations, you know, the growth that you guys have had the last three years. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, the growth from once I joined the company was pretty crazy. Because, you know, the first year I came in, um, we started working on some projects. And those projects probably took 18 to 24 months wow um yeah so it's not it's not something that's easy and it's not something that's well thought out it just throws you curveballs left and right and you just got to figure out how can i make the customer happy because at the end of the day you know it's it's they're selling that product and they want it to look a certain way on the shelf and you know if we want to continue to do business with that person we're going to do anything we can to keep their business so you know I always hated the five-year question thing. You know, I've never been uh, really happy about it. Yeah. But, you know, going forward, I feel like it's in our family blood just to grow the business. It doesn't matter to what what number it is. Yeah. It's just in our blood to grow it, to not to do everything we can to not take a step back, but yeah. just move forward little by little. And I think at the end of the day, as long as you, you're going after it that way, you, you can't lose.
0: Yeah, that's how it is. You know, even the last sixty days, you know, before we even, you know, hopped on, I told you, you know, business you know, summertime is always a little slow for restaurants mm-hmm. to begin with, but um, you know, I don't know, like just it's like every single year, somewhere deep inside, me, I'm like, you know what, this year's gonna be different. <laughs> June, July, August, we're gonna crush it. We're gonna have increasing sales. Oh, didn't happen again. <laughs> Well yeah, it's, it's like
1: a good time to plan, especially in the summer. For cause, for us, I mean, our product is warm. It's in the oven. People are outside trying to grill during the summer.
0: Beach, so you know,
1: I mean, our pizza dough. We've got grilling instructions on how to put a stone on the grill and no and do pizza dough through the summer. So it's small things that you know we kind of just try to. Um, encourage people to, you know, buy pizza dough, have it as a fun activity. You know, there's so much more you can actually do with it. And now that we, you know, there's recipes that you can show on websites and anything to kind of grow the brand as you can is, you know, what you're doing with your business and this podcast. Sure. um, You can kind of go out there and and really push, push the envelope and try and see where it gets
0: you. I like that. Let's do a little plug. Where uh, you know, where can people find your product? Is there certain like places they can go try it out? Here in Charlotte, Food
2: Lion, Harris Teeter. Go to Lowe's and buy pizza dough. They don't handle other items, but uh, um, as you get out of this market, up in Baltimore, Washington Giant Foods, uh, Pittsburgh Giant Eagle Markets. Okay, up in New York, King Supermarkets. Weiss Markets. Weiss Markets in Pennsylvania. We
1: sell the organic dough balls at Wegmans as well.
0: Nice, and so and and they're looking for what the uh, calzones,
2: calzones, Stromboli's, pizza dough, uh, all out of the deli section, mainly where the deli pizzas are located, the prepared foods are located, anywhere in that section, uh, they can find it.
0: Awesome, awesome. Uh, so. You guys heard it.
2: Go go support
0: DePaulo Foods. You guys know where to get it. Any last thoughts for you guys? Anything? Any any uh, suggestions, tips? Anybody out there that wants to get into the space or into the food business, restaurant business? I mean, um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff here. Mentorship, patience. You know, being nimble. You know, being you know ready to adjust. You know, staying on on your toes. I like all that. I mean, these are very good tangible advice that anybody that wants to start a landscape company. Yeah could literally use. Um, So any, any last thoughts,
3: Philip? You know, it's, it's not an easy journey that we all do in entrepreneurship. It's uh, something that's not cut out for anybody, everybody. But I mean, if you don't give it a shot, then you have nothing. So, yeah, I mean, like Rico said, you know, find yourself a mentor, you know, if you want to get into the food side of things, you know, maybe hire another company to co-pack it for you. And, you know, just keep trucking away, keep going at it. I mean, we all, you know, struggle when it comes to owning a business, but that's part of the fun is getting through that struggle and, you know, coming up with new opportunities and learning from it. So
0: I agree. I agree. Joe, part uh, of
3: thoughts, what do you think? You know, I mean,
1: whenever you are working with a business or other people, Um, as an entrepreneur, just remember there's other people in the room besides yourself. You got to be thought, um, you got to be, you know, not thinking as as much about yourself, but you know, what can I do for this person that I'm trying to sell for? Because at the end of the day, it's again, the relationships that you make with those people. And, you know, if those relationships are at the forefront of the business, it's, you're going to have that business as much and as long as you need it for, you know, if once you start, you know, maybe not replying to some emails, you know, missed a few things. They're going to be like, is this person dependable? Is this person, can I see myself working with them? So I always tell everybody, you know, just put your best foot forward. Everything, you're going to have days where you're, so like, you got an awesome sale. You're just like, so pumped. And then the next day you're just like three employees just walked out the door. Like, what are we like? <laughs> what just okay. happened right now? <laughs> uh, Philip comes into our office and we're just like, uh, he's like, I had three employees leave and we're just like, um, okay, let me get my smock and we'll, we'll get on the line and just yeah. start working. So 100%. it's, it's next man up mentality. Everybody wears, I mean, I might be sales, but I might be working on the line, you know, a couple of days a week. And we do that now so it's something that you just got to be ready to handle and it's kind of fun when you when you look back at it
0: i i I love how similar you know it just small business is it's the same exact way for us the (laughs) last three fridays i was on the truck doing deliveries. we were shorthanded you know my cousin's like hey we don't uh you know matthews monroe Ballantine area doesn't have uh, a driver uh what do you think i'm like i'll do it seven o'clock i'll be there you know have the truck ready, and uh, bam, that's it, you know? That's what it takes, yeah. though. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the
3: difference.
0: I mean, I mean, customers first. Hey, you order a product, I will figure out a way yes. that you're going to get the product. I don't care what happens, right? Rico, last thoughts, you know, just from your experience, 1982. I okay. mean, you're, you're, you're a legend in the business. Give us some uh, words of wisdom, I'll sir. I'll
2: give you my last thoughts. Okay. for Entrepreneurship. Let's do it. Never be scared to, f- to fail, because... Mm. That failure on your mind is always there. Don't let it get to you. You got to overcome it, you know. Because people sometimes they have great ideas, they never execute. Yeah. Because they're scared to, f- to fail. Don't be scared to fail. That's it. Because sometimes people fail three and four times. The fifth time is when they hit it big. Hundred percent. So,
0: yeah, I mean, don't have uh, analysis paralysis. I mean, I'm not saying don't don't be prepared, but, yep. you know, at the same time, I mean, yeah, the the people who take a little risk are the ones that are going to benefit. Yep. It, it's just like it's a risk-reward thing. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. look, like, you know, does it make sense to invest this amount of money in this product? I mean, we just, you know, uh, the last maybe 18 to 24 months, my cousin and I have been putting some money aside to build onto our warehouse. We have a 25,000-square-foot warehouse. We probably need another 25, honestly. Um and, uh, you know, we, four or five months ago, we had an opportunity to take all that money that we put in the side, um, which isn't millions, right, but right. it's, you know, it was, it was a good, it was a good amount of money and um, to, to buy some products and to, and to flip it and, and to turn it into some, um, some safety protection, you right. know, things for, and we, we found a buyer here at, you know, the hospital in Charlotte and it was so nerve wracking So nerve wracking, but we did it, and we benefited greatly. And I'm like, you know what? You see, if we weren't responsible, and if we would have responsible, listen, you know, I mean, you know, we 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 don't get paid probably what we could, right? But to keep the business healthy, we just leave it leave it back in the company, and we're able to do deals like that. And I'm like, you know what? This is why for the last 24 months we did what we did. I was telling that to you know to my cousin and. You know, that's, that's why you live below your means and, you know, you don't, uh, you know, spend what you don't have and, you know, which is good advice for anybody,
2: yes, anybody yes,
0: out definitely. there. You know, if you can't pay cash for it, for the most part, you probably don't need it.
2: Yeah. You, you know, know in, in our business, it's a little bit different because the equipment's starting to get bigger. Oh, sure. So, you sure, know, when we no. started in business, was that way. <laughs> hey, yeah, the kid, yeah, we got the cash. <laughs> Go buy it. The guy was like, you're going to pay cash for this thing? You know, you could finance. Ah, we don't finance anything. Pay it. Pay it. Now the equipment's getting big. No, of course. So you I'm, have to find it. Of
0: course. I'm, I'm not saying you are, I'm buying a warehouse for cash, <laughs> but I'm saying like products-wise or yeah, even no, like, no, you know.
2: no, no, I, no, I, I, I have you. And you know what? When you take those positions and you have some cash and stuff, cash makes cash. And you got to do it. That's part of the business. Yeah. You're close enough to understand what's going on. And you always have a backup plan. Sure. You always have to have a backup plan
1: not to mention you're always going to run into situations like that when you own a business. It's like do I do this with the money or do I do this with the money? And if you made the mistake and it wasn't a good thing, you learn from that mistake yeah. and you know you're never going to make that mistake again. So I,
0: I remember and uh, we'll wrap up for this I remember, you know, uh, you know, I, I was trying to do some marketing and and you know, create more brand awareness to a lot of the churches locally that, you know, this is 10, 11 years ago. So I went to Google and just printed out you know, all of the churches like a hundred churches locally and I, I went I had like a little postcard made it office depot and it With the stamp, I mean it cost me like a dollar fifty. I mean there wasn't I mean it wasn't like Shutterfly or anything like this that can make me you know and um <laughs> I didn't even think about the the Google searches maybe being wrong Out of the hundred we sent out. I think I got like 68 of them back like the churches <laughs> didn't even exist anymore And I'm like, okay, this is great <laughs>
2: Those are business experiences. <laughs> yeah. You know, those are stories that you'll you'll tell forever. I you know. know what I'm saying? I know. They're great business experiences. I I have a bunch. I can sit here for three hours. I know. And go over story <laughs> after story of what I did when I was starting off. It's like you're climbing this hill, and you know you're it's like you're running in place yeah at times. <laughs> yeah so anyway
0: anyway thank you guys so much appreciate okay, you guys you. if you guys appreciate can it. go out there and support Palo foods you know check out your local grocery store pizza dough calzones Stromboli's, the whole nine uh if you're here in charlotte you know pick some up and um it's an awesome time i thank you guys so. thank you thank right. you
1: thank you